All right, here we are. We are on location. We are um, out of uh, Bagrab, or whatever I said we were <laughs> last time. Uh, we are out of there. We are in space. space. We are back in space, but we're at a tropical area of space, not the space that he just said. Yeah. That's where we are going to be talking about, and this makes sense, talking about signs. The M. Night Shyamalan movie. Shalali Man movie. We, this is something that came out a while ago. You know, I remember watching this when I was younger and thinking that there were, you know, a lot of really interesting things about it. So we rewatched it. We rewatched it actually three times each Mm -hmm. so that we could really analyze this in a way that makes a lot of sense. That we make sure that we get everything down that you can get from this movie. Because obviously M. Night Shyamalan, what's it? Shyamalan? Shaman. shaman m night shaman he has one of the most gifted brains when it comes to dialogue and storytelling and stupid movie creation of anybody so this is something that we wanted to pay attention to this time so signs is of course directed by mel gibson mm-hmm. and it's starring mel gibson mm-hmm. and it has joaquin phoenix as the joker as the joker and t- <laughs> as the bad guy from gladiator <laughs> both (laughs) so so joaquin phoenix yeah he has dual dual duty here as some movie because he's called we on the night (laughs) i think i saw it once but i remember he was in it so he's what happened is um obviously we've seen uh, unbreakable Mm -hmm. and there's the sequel to unbreakable which has what's his name in it where he has the dual personalities you know he has multiple yeah Yeah, split so we have imported that character into this movie and this is obviously this came after long after split came out so this came long after that so we have yeah joaquin phoenix who is also who is he has his distinct personalities Mm -hmm. of the joker and of the villain in What's the his name in that? Glaglidius. Glaglidius. <laughs> <laughs> so Glaglidius, the the son of uh, a whore, Mar- Marcus Aurelius, and a whore. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got the other personality of Glaglidius, and he's got We Own the Night. So all those things. He's, he's also also got I'm not here. I'm not here. Is there so Bob Dylan? <laughs> that's that's is that, is that the, is it, what's the one where he was the rapper. <laughs> Oh, oh, right, right, where he goes on, like, Conan or something. He's on Letterman, he puts gum under his desk. Right, right. Yeah, so he's a rapper in one of them, you know, like, in 8 Mile. And he's the man in black himself, Batman. Uh, He's Batman. (laughs) Yeah, so he's got a lot of personalities going on in this this movie. Walk the bat line. He walks the bat line. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So he's got a lot of work to do. But there's also, uh, there's the little girl who's played by Emma Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So Emma Thompson is in this and it's got, who's the, so we've got the guy who's in the truck. Who plays the guy in the truck? I'm going to just guess Dennis Leary. He seems like a guy in a truck. He's a guy in a truck. Yeah, it's a fire truck. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, the guy in the fire truck is Dennis Leary. He has some important, you know, Mm -hmm. moments in this movie. Uh, Uh, But really... uh, Cameron Diaz as the alien. Yeah, Cameron Diaz (laughs) plays the alien. (laughs) (laughs) And all the... Remember that part. So, there's that one part. Where it shows birthday party. <laughs> yeah, it shows the footage from a bunch of different places, and especially at the kid's birthday party, where Cameron Diaz just walks in the background and everybody freaks out. Yeah, I remember that. I would that. freak out if I saw Cameron Diaz. That's scary stuff. Yeah, so so we've got all the all the players. One of the big ideas behind the movie is the loss of faith. Because Mel Gibson 
who's the director and lead actor, he wanted to have this uh, whole thing to be kind of a testament to the fact that his character lost the faith in Santa Claus. So after um, he crucified him in the previous movie, right? After fun. he crucified Santa Claus in the previous movie, <laughs> then he said, "Where did Santa Claus go? I don't think he's there anymore." Yeah. So, so in this movie, he lost faith in Santa Claus, and it's Christmas time. So mm-hmm. uh, he's worried that Santa isn't going to be there to bring gifts to all of Joaquin Phoenix's personalities, yep. which is going to be a problem. Yep. So, so yeah, that's the setup. That's the setup. There's a lot going on here. Yep. Yeah. So, um, obviously, Alien Cameron Diaz. Um, yep. We did not mention Elf Will Smith, who comes back <laughs> to, to try and <laughs> talk him, Mel Gibson into still believing in Santa. <laughs> Because so, he thinks Santa's like his dad or something. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of slapstick humor that comes from this <laughs> because he tries to my weekend at Bernie Santa Claus <laughs> to, to convince Mel Gibson that he's still alive. He didn't even take him off the cross though. At least he was able to stay upright. <laughs> so he just keeps putting him in different places on the cross, still crucified. And said, look at Santa Claus. And then he pokes him with a stick to see, make it seem like he's moving. But Mel Gibson, every time, he's like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> he's not alive. Stop doing that. Uh, that's a, a much-needed comic relief in the midst of the movie. I'm, I'm glad Will Smith was there for that. Will Smith, yeah, and those those elf ears. Yeah. <laughs> and the green outfit. I think he does a good good job in this movie. Yeah, yeah He's actually, he's funny. Friendy the elf. <laughs> Friendy the elf. He's actually really kind of an interesting character, mm-hmm. you know, because he believes so much in what Santa Claus stands for that he suggests that even if he died, that his symbol lives on. You mm-hmm. know, it's much it's there's the parallel with Jesus Christ, you know, back in the day. I so, don't know who that is. Please explain. So Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ was a. I don't want to talk. <laughs> I don't want to riff on Jesus Christ. Yeah, he, he we'll was, let Mel Gibson do that part. <laughs> he was a, a stonemason in the third century, so he was got he? stoned a lot <laughs> with a guy named Mason. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of stone? Because back then it could go either way. Right. So a lot of people threw stones at him, him and Mason. But it was a buddy cop kind of situation. <laughs> so <laughs> every time he throws stone. Jesus would be like harder daddy (laughs) so that's who Jesus Christ is now leaving that aside because it's not about Jesus it's about Santa yeah we've got all these different things that are this conflict uh, because you've got uh, Friendy the the Elf played by Will Smith who's poking at dead Santa Claus well and whenever he puts dead Santa Claus in Mel Gibson's farm yeah whenever he like finds a spot to put him like a dog he just like takes his big circles and he like Accidentally knocks down all the corn and it makes these crop circles. Right, right. And it's really confusing. They're right in the middle of these crop circles is dead Santa. And so that leads them down this, you know, kind of conspiracy rabbit hole where they find Cameron Diaz. Yeah, because it turns out that Cameron Diaz was making crop circles right next to those. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's just a coincidence. Yep. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, they find uh, Cameron Diaz, and she just goes to birthday parties. <laughs> She's not doing anything. Else. She, she just, just likes by him. walking by birthday parties. They don't like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nobody does. So so all of them, all of Joaquin Phoenix's personalities, get a baseball bat. <laughs> they, they go to chase down Cameron Diaz. Yeah, yeah. So that's and then 
Hats made of saran wrap, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> about a third of his personalities die of asphyxiation. Almost the, immediately. If yeah. we had to cut mouthfuls. <laughs> yeah. But the rest of them, the two-thirds that survive, uh, you know, which include the Joker and, and we own the night. And, and Weasel. And Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> They all survive, but they so they're chasing down Cameron Diaz uh, along with Mel Gibson, who is also uh, you know he's got the car, you know the car, you know it's like the iconic yeah, car, um, Kit. Kit, yeah. So he's riding around a kid, right? He's riding around a kid and trying to chase down Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Wait, did you say he's riding around a kid? No. <laughs> yes, yes, he's riding around a kid. That's why it's taking so long. She's just walking at the birthday party. She's got those long, gross legs. Yeah. While he's got these tiny little kids. The the kid's like, what the hell, man? He's like, mush, mush, kid. We have to catch Cameron Diaz. He refuses to get multiple of them. He always just does one kid. Yeah, just the one kid. So he's just riding the one kid. Um, And I thought. Well, it's good to give your protagonist um, some limitations. So yeah. if you would have been in Kit, he would just ran her down yeah. like immediately. So, yeah. so I think it was a good choice uh, to go that direction. And of course, uh, then you have Joaquin Phoenix and all of his all of his personalities. You know, they're trying to chase her down. They're trying to get Cameron Diaz, mm. but Weasel's really fucking annoying. <laughs> so all the personalities are like, "Stop licking things, Weasel." And, and get up and do something. Stop mm. drowning yourself. And so there's, you know, occupied with that for mm. a lot of the movie. You yeah. know, because for some reason, the stupid little girl, Emma Thompson, <laughs> she leaves cups of water around. So Weasel keeps drowning himself with the cups of water. <laughs> it's rude. <laughs> it's really annoying. So they have to deal with that. But that's that's another, that's a side conflict. You know, it's, it's kind of the B plot. But I think it's actually more robust than the A plot, which is just trying to beat up Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happens next? <laughs> well, I mean, like, not to just completely jump to the end, end, but like, we got to talk about how it ended, how it was it's all important. actual present day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We thought it was medieval times, old times. It's <laughs> present day. They, they had cars. Why do we think it was? <laughs> That's the twist. Oh, okay. I it was present day. There's always a twist. <laughs> so <laughs> the twist was that it was actually present day. They saw an day. airplane fly over and they're like, whoa. <laughs> and they actually, they took an airplane to Buenos Aires to try to get to Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Don't you remember you had to check the little kid? Yeah. I did <laughs> so, find it strange that they saw this footage of Cameron Diaz for the first time on TV. On TV. <laughs> I didn't realize they were in present day. Yeah. They were still just like living in some village. That was odd. That was and the fact that he had a baseball farm. bat. And yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. By by the time we get to the twist, we find out that Cameron Diaz, you know, was actually just uh, Tom Cruise's dream. So he was dreaming that she was walking through birthday parties. Yeah. And yeah. because he's such a huge movie star, it gets projected into TVs. And, you yeah. know, obviously movie stars can do that. Yeah. When they're big enough and they pay enough money to Zeno. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So so that's that's twist number two. <laughs> um, so then we end with... New York being empty. 
New York being empty. Yeah, that's that's the last. That's the end of the movie. It's just New York is empty. <laughs> and uh, by the end, obviously, Cameron Diaz, the the projected version of Cameron Diaz that shows up on TV screens, uh, gets jizz in her hair. She gets jizz in her hair, and it's standing up. And that that's where uh, Weasel gets impaled on it. But of course, it's Weasel, so he's fine. Yeah. And then Joker who was Joaquin Phoenix's, you know, kind of primary personality. Mm-hmm. Joker, he he dances a little bit, kills Robert De Niro, and then gets um, eaten by Weasel while he's erotically asphyxiating himself. Yep. Yeah, so, like Ashton Kutcher's baby. Yeah. Himself. So, it's a, again, it's a lot of symbolism. Yep, yep. So, yeah. So, I thought that was a pretty brilliant movie, especially for the era. Yep. You know? It's really creative. It was funny. It was uh, smart. <laughs> it was... Uh, bold so yeah for sure lots of good things oh my god we have so much more to do (laughs) (laughs) that's uh that's crazy that was signs do you want to talk about some other m night shaman movies yep (laughs) (laughs) so we could talk about the one with uh samuel l jackson in it yeah the samuel l jackson one six cents Six cents. Yeah. So, so Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, the the movie, the M Night Shyamalan movie, who with Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. So this is the one where he's he's homeless. He's homeless, and he just needs six he, more cents to get a ride home, <laughs> and nobody will give it to him. So then somebody tells him, "I'll give you six cents if you wear a sign that says I hate N words' on it and walk around in Harlem. Then we'll, I'll give you six cents." So he tries to do that, but then he gets he gets attacked and a bottle broken over his head. And luckily, um, Bruce Springsteen Bruce comes, Springsteen comes to save him. Yeah, um, so and takes him out. Um, Bruce Springsteen, his character in the movie, his name is Zeus, of course. Of course, yeah, yeah. So you've got Samuel L. Jackson, who's saved by Bruce Springsteen. Who uh, plays, you know, the guitar and earns six cents yeah. so that they can take a cab for three feet. <laughs> and then Out after, of danger. <laughs> they have to earn some more. Yep. Um, so they can get to Nakatomi Plaza yep. because they have to save the Asian people who are there. Yep, yep. yep. I assume there's a lot of Asian people there. <laughs> yeah. This one, you know, obviously it's it's known for the twist at the end and all that. And we won't spoil it yet. But throughout the movie, it has a bunch of indicators, like it has a bunch of red things. And all the red things are the things that Samuel... That are hot. That are hot. <laughs> so, so every time Ouchy. he touches it, it burns his hand. He goes, oh, ouch. And that's how you know they're hot. Yeah. So that's the thing. You have to think while you're watching the movie yeah. that that's hot. <laughs> Whatever it's red. Which is a really good reason why you should show it to... Everybody. Like, yeah. this movie needs to be seen by everybody so they know red things may be hot. Right. So if you touch it, you might say, ouch. Yeah, so you show it to children, show it to invalids, show it to women. You show yeah. it to, uh, you show don't it. laugh at this next one. Okay. But... <laughs> Why did you tell me not to laugh? <laughs> I'm cutting that. <laughs> so... So uh, why did you laugh? So then we get, uh, yeah, we get we get this whole red motif that goes throughout that. But then it yeah. turns out that when he tries to touch a dress from Schindler's List. When he try exactly, <laughs> yeah, when he tries to touch the dress from Schindler's List of the little girl, that's when you find out that he was that a pedophile. He's a pedophile. <laughs> Yeah, the whole time. So you don't want him to have the sixth sense. But he touches it and it's hot. It burns him. And then the little girl. 
How does the little girl wear the dress, I wonder? <laughs> if it's hot. So the little girl turns out to be evil. She was possessed by a demon, obviously. Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy, yeah. So Captain Howdy had possessed her. But soon after that, you have Bruce Springsteen who shows up and arrests Captain Howdy because he's a pedophile. Uh, for yep. having gone into a little girl. <laughs> so, so, so Captain out, he's in jail. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson gets a stern talking to uh, for having attempted. Uh, and, and then Bruce Springsteen, he plays a concert where the girl from our other movie that we did did some juggling. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I forget who juggled. Jamie Presley like got pulled on stage and did some juggling. Yeah, she did some juggling. That, that exact same juggling move made a very big cameo on a later sitcom. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, Simpsons. The Simpsons, yeah. <laughs> she just like ran from a car and fell into a couch. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was her juggling move. Was, yeah, I remember that. So anyway, so this is... What the hell movie did this start out as? <laughs> All right, six cents. Okay, sorry, six cents. Six cents. Yeah. So six cents. We we find out that it's not really about the money. That's what's important. You know, to realize and to not touch little girls in red dresses. (laughs) Yeah. Don't say it like that. That's the lesson. That seems like a bad lesson. Girls and little girls in red dresses are hot. Seems like a bad lesson for no, the movie. No, no, the good lesson is don't touch them. Okay, yeah, but still, because they might be a demon. So that's probably why this movie got canceled <laughs> and never came out. That's probably why. So we didn't. So nobody we saw. Never saw it. Nobody. Was, saw, we yeah. haven't seen this movie. Yeah. So, so that was six cents and um. Uh, moving on to another M. Night Shaman movie. Are you sure you want to do this? Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, you pick the next one. The next, So the next uh, M. Night Shaman movie that we watched was obviously, it was the um, the one where he does the, it was called Young. Remember that one? No. <laughs> so it was, it was called Young. It was with the guy from Unbreakable. The old guy? Yeah, the old guy from Unbreakable. Yep. You remember that? Okay. Have you not heard of his movie Old? No. It's <laughs> like, why do you look so confused? No. So he made a movie called Old where people go into a beach and they just like prematurely age. Oh, that's stupid. All right. We won't talk about that one. <laughs> so we're going to do a different Im Night Shaman movie. We are the, uh, the one that we watched. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't Unbreakable. We didn't get a chance to watch that one. It wasn't Split. We didn't get a chance to watch that one. We Was watched The Village. <laughs> So we, we watched the, the last airbender in the village. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so, Which yeah. is a weird place to bend air. Uh, not what? a whole lot you can do with bent air in a village. There's plenty of air in a village. No, you, I feel like you weren't air? paying attention to the movie. Maybe. <laughs> so, so I was mostly watching how, they're, how they had the bullet benders in it too. And they shoot the gun. Full <laughs> yeah, of Avengers, yeah. yeah. And Versus ironically, obviously, Angelina Jolie is in this movie, along with Joaquin Phoenix again. He's reprising his role uh, that he played in Signs, so he has all the personalities still. Of course. Uh, yeah, and it's got Bryce Dallas Howard, who is uh, a cheerleader for the Dallas Cowboys. Of course. Uh, and this was her breakout role. Of course, none. Of, she didn't have any actual lines that were written for her. They just took footage of her while she was cheerleading, yep. and they worked those into the story. 
of the but whole movie. But she was crying the whole time, so I don't think it was consensual cheerleading. <laughs> Yeah, they have a, uh, there's this really weird part of the game <laughs> where they, they force people to cheerlead against their will. And she was crying, and that's where they got the footage. It was more powerful, of course. <laughs> yeah, she's so brave for that role. Very, very brave. That's probably why all the nominations, <laughs> like the BAFTA. I didn't understand why they made a new blackface going <laughs> So, for anybody who doesn't know the story behind this, so the, uh, the coach of the Dallas Cowboys at this time was Weasel. <laughs> he was just filling in. And so that he, was their last Super Bowl. He, uh, yeah, so he, he did some weird things. And he, made some, he made some girls do non-consensual cheerleading and wear blackface. But, and play on the actual field. And play on the field, yeah. Uh, but they had to play like hopscotch. <laughs> So he's, he's forcing them to play hopscotch. They're getting destroyed. <laughs> Just left and right. But it made for great footage for the movie. Yeah, you know? well, the, the part of the problem was he kept bringing them to NASCAR track. <laughs> and telling him it was football. And then <laughs> him out on the track. <laughs> so yeah, so Weasel was the imminent cause of many cheerleader deaths. <laughs> Many, many. Um, but, again, when all this footage makes it into the movie, uh, it is powerful. Yeah. It's powerful footage. Horse powerful. Uh, <laughs> and that's the thing, is that, so the twist that he wanted to have in this movie was that it was, it, you thought it was olden times, but really it was newer times. But all the NASCAR cars kept driving by and killing cheerleaders. So, so initially they held it together because they thought that it was just monsters in the forest <laughs> because they'd hear the sound and there would be a splatter of cheerleaders. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, that monster loves <laughs> monster like, yeah. detergent." Yeah, yeah. But then it turned out Adrian Brody was driving one of the NASCAR cars. That's yeah. where uh, he got his name, Adrian Brody's, Brody. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you find out that no, wait a minute, it's actually in the past when NASCAR was invented yeah. in the 1430s. <laughs> so uh, this is before the Treaty of Westphalia, obviously. Obviously. So you find out it was way back then where they had NASCAR cars, but they didn't have electricity. Yep. I am positive <laughs> that's accurate. <laughs> Got uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. She's one of the cheerleaders who survives, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, she can throughout jump this over whole thing. cars. Yeah, because she like can jump Kobe. over cars. Yeah. She says Kobe every time she does it. <laughs> she, she does. It's a little off-putting. Uh, so she survives. We've got Joaquin Phoenix who's doing his thing. And now he gets to really play his Didius uh, character because it fits better within the, the time context. Yeah. Even though it's still 1,400 years too late. And don't forget, we're still also reviewing The Last Airbender with the bald kid played by Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah, so... Who's in this movie? So, so his name is Ong or Ang. I can't remember which one. But yeah, Patrick Stewart Ang plays... Lee. Is Ong Lee. 
<laughs> Patrick Stewart plays him to perfection. I mean, yeah, amazing. He, he can't quit anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's, he's amazing. And uh, he has special powers, obviously. Yeah. He can bend people's thoughts. Mm-hmm. So uh, when he does his bending, he does his ear bending. He does his his eye bending. <laughs> he does his, his cortex bending. Uh, yeah. When he does those things, he can manipulate how people are, are functioning or what they can hear and yeah. stuff. Well, the only thing he can't bend is his own fucking knees that cripple. <laughs> right. Well, that's it's a little harsh, but that is uh, that makes that is it's part of his val- character. A valid criticism. It's part of his character. Yeah, but I think he is in a chair the whole time, which means his knees are perpetually bent. But maybe they actually put him on a crucifix. Now that I'm remembering, <laughs> yeah, that's how they carry him around. Is on a crucifix with wheels. So I, I remember now. Okay. It's like Axel from Twisted Metal. <laughs> yeah. Big wheels on either side. Yeah. On a crucifix. In the middle. So that's why he's so formidable as as a bender. <laughs> he has he maximum power. Rolls in and says maximum power and does his bending. So, holy hell. what? <laughs> so what happens else in this, this uh, movie? Um, so... <laughs> Um, little known fact about this, Adrian Brody, the um, NASCAR driver, NASCAR driver is yeah. the same Adrian that Rocky is screaming about in, in oh. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, Rocky. <laughs> so when he's doing the musical number, yeah. uh, and he's saying about he Adrian. Gets, yeah, he gets his ass beat. Yeah, he gets uh, the crap beat out of him. Um, but he's screaming it's for Adrian he needs Brody. A ride home. Right, right. <laughs> And he just keeps getting beat up until he gets a ride home. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was a, a subplot. You know, that was the yeah. B plot. But I think it did really kind of underline the fact that there were way too many fucking characters <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> so that was something that had to be emphasized. It was like uh, the Avengers. Yeah. The Avengers kind of weaved them in a little better. Well, <laughs> and, like, each of them had their own movie with Avengers. I don't feel like any of these characters <laughs> are real. No. So like, we've never seen them. Interact like this before, so it's right. really hard to keep track. They really should have had their own standalone movies <laughs> first. So Adrian Brody as a NASCAR driver, they should have had. They should have had Bryce Dallas Howard as a blackface black crying cheerleader as his Kobe every time she jumps over a NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, that would have been Who's important. Who's coached by Weasel? That would have been important. Very important <laughs> uh, standalone to have. Patrick Stewart, uh, Patrick like, Stewart Ong Lee. as Hong Lee, who's a mind bender. Yeah. yeah, he. I mean, all those things they could have had the standalone movies, and it would have made it more. It would have made it easier for them to all come together within you know this one bigger movie. Yeah. Well, the thing is that like we all obviously, and including our viewers, will read obviously the comic strips from um, the. Toledo Times. Yeah. Um, and so we know all of the backstory. We're like in the lore the whole time. So we understand all these characters. Yeah. But for yeah. people that are just fresh in, uh, it's all just wild to them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so if you're not a fan, mm-hmm. then you don't know what kind of character Weasel is. So you don't know what's <laughs> likely to happen when he shows up. You don't know that, that you know, obviously it was, I think it was issue like 241. I want to say, where they describe the fact 
that people in the 15th century built NASCAR cars. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you don't know that and you're just stepping into this and you're seeing all these cars splattering Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, (laughs) then you're just going to be like, what? In the 1400s. You're going to... You're not gonna understand. Um, so, so I get, I get, you know, some of the criticisms of it being kind of a, there being kind of a barrier to entry. You know, I when it comes to this, it is the schools should talk more about, <laughs> about this kind of thing. Yeah, they should prepare children for what weasel can do to them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But well, he's so, still out there. He's always out there. <laughs> so, of course, by the end, then we get we get the final denouement, the unraveling of everything that's been set up so far. Mm-hmm. And we've got uh, Sir Patrick Stewart, who's, who's air and mind and water and fire, because he learned all this stuff throughout. From Captain Planet. From Captain Planet, because <laughs> it is Captain Planet. He knows everything that's on the planet. So, uh, yeah, he's bending everything now. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's bending fishes. He's bending... Um, Beckham. Beckham. <laughs> He's, he's bending all the stuff, bending bitches, bending, <laughs> he's bending all sorts of things. And so he's a formidable, uh, you know, uh, protagonist at this point, mm-hmm. you know. But he's up against Adrian Brody doing his Brodies. And, he, and it turns out Bryce Dallas Howard mm-hmm. is actually a villain. What? Yeah. So, uh, so that when you have a cheerleader who can jump over NASCARs and you put that against uh, everything bender, mm. it's, it's not good. She died instantly and it's over. Well, still. And then, well, and then the other thing, um, we should clear up just in case there are any listeners that aren't familiar with the lore. Adrian Brody, his Brodies that he does, yeah. that's actually just the name for his fan club. <laughs> He's just doing all of his fan club. So, so, so everything just, better just destroys him and all of his brodies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't as you thought that he would be spinning around his car to attack. That's what all the characters thought, too, through most of the movie. Yep, but then he just starts doing his brodies. But they, but they catch him at one point. He's just banging a brody. So, so that's, yeah. So then Sir Patrick Stewart, he just destroys him. Uh, he sees Bryce Dallas Howard just bounding toward him, mm. uh, just hopping toward him. Destroys her, you know, instantly. And that's how you have... You have the resolution there, and I think it's I think it's good. Well, and the final scene was just so powerful when um, King James, LeBron James, tells Patrick Stewart, "You bow to no man." <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, he can't like move his lower half of his body. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought him showing up just for that scene to make fun of a person in a wheelchair. I thought it was a little weird, um, but I think it had some more thematic significance. So, so I, I gave it a pass. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I think it was it was a big ask because LeBron is such a huge name in everything. Yeah. He was able to ask for it. He just really wanted to publicly shame the handicap. So bad. (laughs) He just showed up in a movie that had nothing to do with him just so he could do it at the very end. So yeah, sometimes you'll get those celebrity cameos, Mm. you know, that'll I'll show up just for those kinds of reasons. But (laughs) just to insult handicap. Just to insult handicap people, yeah. It's mostly M. Night Shaman movies. I think uh, if I want to score this one, you know, it's it's kind of tough. Because there were a lot of good things, a lot of bad things, <laughs> um, a lot of confusing of things. things. <laughs> yeah. But because the Everything Bender won at the end, and he had a like a really perfect arc. Mm-hmm. You know, him having to learn how to bend everything. I think that I'm going to give it a good, like, drawn birds that kind of look like eyes... 
out of a wheel. All right. Yeah. A bird that looks like eyes. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. I'm going to give him a banana because I feel like it's a bent fruit. That makes sense. Okay. Bent (laughs) fruit. Yeah. So that was that episode. I don't know what the hell that was, but uh, this is... Which which one was this? Uh, this is the, the Airbender, like ones. Beckham. Uh, oh, it's M. Night Shyamalan. Sarge Signs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this was Signs, which has a lot of religious significance, and then we went through some other M. Night Shyamalan movies, and uh, yeah, we hope to, to. Do you want to say bye? No. Ask me my sexual preference. What's your sexual preference? Straight. <laughs> That's a good sign off and I'll see you in the next one.